Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. What's happening, kind humans? Thank you for downloading this episode and checking out the podcast in general, because what we do week after week is bring people on who are involved in independent music, whether it's releasing it, documenting it, playing it, whatever. That's all part of the umbrella that I like to cast. And today, I have a great guest, because I absolutely adore this person's band, and uh, the band is called Chat Pile. I want to say that I, I for sure made it into my top 10 of 2022, a record called God's Country. It just blew me away, blew me out of the water. And I had to have the vocalist Reagan Bush, that's R-A-Y-G-U-N Bush, who, like I said, is the vocalist. And Chat Pile is from Oklahoma. They've got so many interesting things that I wanted to dig into. And I know that this band uh, definitely turned a lot of heads with the last record. So it makes perfect sense because, uh, you know, they're touring a bit more here in the U.S., playing some more shows. They just released a, a split 10-inch that I uh, pre-ordered, totally blanking on the name of the band right now, but uh, you can easily find that information on the internet. But regardless, I have him on the show today. But if you want to support the show for absolutely free, it costs you $0. You can spread the word via social media. That always helps. You can also follow along this show on Instagram and or YouTube. You can uh, find those links in the show notes. That's an easy, easy lift for any of you. If you want to support the show a little bit deeper, leave some ratings and review on pot on the Apple podcast chart or that that's chart. But if you listen to the show via Apple podcasts, you can leave a rating and review, or if you listen to it on Spotify, you can leave a rating. All of those things help tremendously. And, uh, it's, it's all free. It's not going to cost you anything. I, um, yeah, I'm just incredibly thankful for 
having the show, I get to uh, head over to London at the Outbreak Festival in Manchester. So I head to London, but then I drive to Manchester just to make it, you know, clear because otherwise, you know, I get get emails from people being like, uh, you know, Outbreak is in Manchester. Yes, yes, I know. Last year, I did some rad live podcasts there and released them over the course of, I don't know, a couple months on this particular feed. But I'm working with them this year to launch their very own podcast, which I'll, uh, you know, bug you about to go check out. It's probably going to launch the next like week or two. I'll keep you posted on that. But uh, yeah, excited to do that. And, you know, we're getting into summertime and all those fun things that people do in the summertime. So more fun shows coming. But anyways, let's talk to Raygun Bush and uh, his awesome band that we will hear a little clip of in a moment. So let's talk to him. I, I love your band first and foremost, and I uh, got introed like many people uh, to what you were doing with your split with Betrayal of Guilt. Uh, love what they're doing, and I love the concept of obviously splits and being able to introduce bands to people who may not have tripped across another uh, artist. But then I very much fell in love with the band once uh, you know I heard the song "Why," which I know resonates with many people and uh for multiple reasons but i often find that people speak about the band very like oh man you guys are super like nihilistic and you think the world is uh you know ending and awful like do you have fun like (laughs) and then (laughs) clearly there's like a sense of humor that is laced throughout uh the band not only in just kind of um, you know, either song titles or the way that you guys just kind of present yourselves where it's like, yeah, we take our music seriously, but you know, we're not serious all the time. Is it fun for you to kind of see the way that people either come at you with those expectations where it's like, oh yeah, you, we, I expect you guys to be super serious. You just like want to hang out and stuff. Um, <laughs> is that entertaining for you? Is it just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, we can't control that. So we're not going to put much too, too much effort into that. Yeah, I mean, we kind of try to be pretty open about who we are as people. And the music is very dark and uh, distressing and stuff. But yeah, I mean, hopefully the humor comes through. And also just like our presence online, you know, should hopefully make people pretty aware that we're chill, chill guys. Uh, And actually, most people... If we meet people at shows, I mean, I, they kind of get my vibe beforehand, you know, like later when they talk to me, they, they're coming to me, like knowing kind of what I'm all about and stuff. But yeah, I guess when people cold DM us and stuff, there are occasional people that are like jokerified that, you know, think that they found a kindred spirit or something. And it's not exactly the case. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I love that uh, adjective jokerified where it's just like, oh my gosh, I found I found another person from a you know small Midwest town that feels the same way as me. And you're like, do you just want to like hang out and chill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll I'll pull apart on more of those themes as we uh, get into the discussion. But uh, I wanted to focus on you as a person. I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were actually born and raised in the Oklahoma City area, or am I wrong in that? 
Uh, you're wrong about that. I was born in uh, Illinois and then raised in a small town called Ponca City, Oklahoma. That's about 100 miles north of Oklahoma City. But I've lived in Oklahoma City for about 20 years now, about 19 years to be exact. But Okay. Where, uh, just out of curiosity, where in Illinois? Uh, Moline. Oh, dude. I, I, uh, I spent some time in, uh, Farmington, Illinois, which is outside of Peoria, which is like, mm. yeah, but I, I am familiar with Moline cause I yeah, think my, my grandma, yeah, my grandma and my mom and everybody are from Peoria actually. So nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> are you familiar with that band? Uh, they no longer exist, but planes mistaken for stars. Uh, I remember that band name, but I don't, I don't remember hearing that band. Yeah. They, they originally came from Peoria and like oh, cool. legitimately to this day, I, I, I'm always just surprised where I'm, and they ended up moving to like Denver and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I just was like pure, like no band has ever come from Peoria. That's like <laughs> nationally known or whatever. So, well, Mudvayne, you just blew my mind. I didn't, I did not know that. So, okay, cool. Now I have two bands that I can reference and from Peoria. Also that back in the day, there was this cool, like shoegaze band. This is around 2005 called brief candles. That was from Peoria. Okay. Well, they were they were really terrific. They have an album out there somewhere you could probably find. But I I th- this is why you have conversations like this, so you can become <laughs> educated and everybody learns from each other. So, uh, so with that, I'm guessing that uh, the kind of typified Midwest experience of uh, maybe you know just a bored adolescence and like oh, I'm just you know trying to kind of kill some time and all that sort of stuff. Uh, does that classify you or were there things that were interesting to you that you were tripping across as you were a kid? Um, well, you know, uh, I mean, a little from column A and a little from column B. Sure. I mean, I'm sure my life might've been different had I had more, uh, guidance from adults and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Sure. But uh, left to my own devices, I mean, we in Ponca, Ponca City is uh, an oil town that it's kind of on a big decline right now. But uh, when I was growing up, like in the 90s, uh, we had a really, really nice library uh, that I spent a lot of time at. And we also had uh, many very good video stores, Hastings, RIP, that was Really? Did you have you experienced Hastings? Do you know that store? I, I do know that store. I, I just know it by name. I never went into it, but I imagine it's very similar to a lot of those, like you know, mall and or mall adjacent uh, record stores that had a bunch of stuff going on in there besides just records. Yeah, it's kind of a Barnes and Noble, but with a video rental side. Okay. To it, so it was a legendary store. It's gonna haunt my when I when I'm dying. I'll, I'll think about Hastings. Probably it was a pretty good place. Right. <laughs> and kind of with that, because I, I do, I was actually just talking to a friend the other day uh, as we were going into a bookstore in Los Angeles of just that idea of as a kid, you walking into a store of that nature and just being like, so I'm going to hang out here for at least five hours and read all of the music <sighs> magazines cover to cover, or whatever. Absolutely. Just like, okay, you were doing that. Absolutely. And whatever else. I mean, they had CDs and stuff and like, you know, and living in Ponca city, uh, which is like isolated from everything. I mean, still able to find Sonic youth, you know, 
uh, Sebado, just kind of like standard indie rock stuff that maybe people in larger cities take for granted. It was, it was very nice to be able to find that stuff, you know, at that store. So, right. And what was the family structure like as you were growing up? Uh, brothers and sisters, mother and father in the house. How did that uh, look? Um, uh, I'm an I'm an only child, so uh, yeah. And I had a mom and a dad. <laughs> so. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I appreciate the only child life because I myself was one as well, mm. or am uh, one. But I do think that there are people especially when you're talking about that, um, you know, just wandering around a bookstore or record store or whatever. Uh, some people aren't comfortable doing that just because it's like they have to have someone else to spend that time with. Whereas if you're an only child, like you have no choice, but to be like, well, yeah, I want to do this. So I'm going to do this by myself. And I don't have anybody else to do this with. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that way yourself where it's like you didn't really necessarily, like you said, have, uh, I mean, you had influence from your parents, but you didn't have them pointing you towards Sonic Youth or Sebado. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, I still do feel that way, you know, to some extent. I still feel like an only child. That's a good, I haven't really thought about that. Yeah, and you did, like, to your point, that you're probably tripping across things and listening and looking at, you know, whatever, Fangoria, and being like, I don't know what this is necessarily, but like, this kind of looks cool. <laughs> so I'm going to like, <laughs> out absolutely yeah absolutely and so as a as a kid and as you started to you know develop a a little bit of an identity were you uh you know playing sports were you an art kid an outdoor Uh, you know kind of typical (laughs) experience but uh where would you land there um yeah i definitely i had to play sports i played all the sports okay uh baseball basketball football tennis this is all elementary school age and then about when middle school began i was like i don't do sports anymore you know <laughs> and yeah because I, I don't know i don't know why i was allowed to just stop but like i was forced to do it before so anyway it's more of just i think about maybe it's like my parents were just knowing i'm an only child it's like it's about being a teamwork or is it learning teamwork or i, I don't know what the hell but to be honest with you i, I never really understood it's not until like much later or through playing video games that I kind of understood like how sports work, you know, it always just seemed like chaos, like angry dads running around in a bunch of chaos for me anyway. Right. So no, I, I've always liked art more and always wanted to do that kind of stuff more. So then once I got into middle school, I did drama and stuff like that into high school. I was drama debate type of person. So cool. And with, uh, I love the debate because that is, uh, to me, uh, especially, I mean, most arts in schools are in jeopardy in general across America. And debate seems to fall by the wayside a lot as well, as far as just like being able to, whether or not you believe in what you're arguing, just the idea of formulating an argument and understanding how you can dialogue back and forth with people. I'm sure you feel that that has resonated and still helps you today. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, yeah. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I think debate is something that I hope doesn't go away in high school because I think it's a very important, uh, class and the drama side of it too. I, I loved, I really, honestly, I did a little more, a little bit more of that, but not exactly like acting. Like I do like original oratory 
poetry reciting, that kind of stuff, you know. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love doing Lincoln, Lincoln Douglas debate and stuff like that in debate. It's very fun, very fun to do. <laughs> That's awesome. I also think that this also doesn't get either spoken about or people have an experience with it where it's like, uh, I know it's called a bunch of different things, whether it's like Kiwanis Bowl or a Quiz Bowl and just like that, it, it facilitates that team idea. But at the same time, you're also, you know, really coming to the table with your own knowledge and hopefully, you know, helping your team win or whatever. It, it develops those those muscles that you're, you know, probably talking about as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and you know what? I played in orchestra and band too. I didn't think about that, but that's kind of a team building kind of thing in a way. Sure, in and of itself too. Yeah, what were yeah. you playing in uh, orchestra? I played cello. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, it was hard. I don't play it anymore. I never played it very well, but <laughs> yeah, you so you were you were third seed, as they say. <laughs> yeah, well, one time, one time I did really well on my like tape. Cause we used to have to like do a little cassette tape of our odd, like to get chair placements and stuff. Uh-huh. And I, I got second chair somehow and it was just a nightmare for me. <laughs> like, because I was just like, I don't know how I got placed this high, you know? And it's right. like, it, it was really incredibly different. I remember like 1812 overture, just like whipping my ass, just being like, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like you can you can hide in third chair, you can't hide in second chair. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it, it sounds to me like the uh like you said the arts is what you were gravitating towards and you were really immersing yourself in that experience. Uh did you did you notice kind of the dividing line that uh, gets typified amongst many people's, you know, high school experiences of like all right, here's the jocks and then here's the art kids. Uh, or because you were in a maybe smaller community, you had no choice but to obviously socialize with everybody. Uh, well, our community was, uh, Ponca was like 28,000. And so one high school yielded a pretty big population, you know? And like, yeah, that is totally true. I mean, the movie, uh, I don't like the movie. I think it's really reductive, but uh, Mean Girls. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I graduated in 03. That's like a pretty good time capsule of like what high school looked like when I was in high school, you know? Sure. So, uh, but yeah, uh, there's definitely, because I think about like in the yearbook, the popular kids would all take a picture together wearing jeans and black sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is a, just a Punka City thing, but I was looking through an old yearbook like a, I don't know, a couple of months ago. I saw that in the back, like they had bought this little ad space for themselves. It's just the popular kids. That's like all it was, you know. <laughs> right. And yeah, we had FFA, Future Farmers of America. That was its own big click, and then of course Juggalos. I mean, at the time when I was in high school, uh, New Metal was in its prime. At the sure. Time. You know, like I think like down with the sickness was like <laughs> new, you know, when I was like a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So I just remember a lot of like angel wings, huge jeans and stuff like that. But I was, I was trying to be like, uh, like I was super into like pavement and, uh, just like indie rock stuff, like Sonic youth and stuff like that. And trying to be, trying to be that. And I had like kind of a ragtag group of, friends and we hung out with like a lot of the band people and stuff like that it's kind of like the drama debate and the band and orchestra people would all kind of 
become one thing, but then there's contingencies within that group too. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, I, I love that, uh, stereotype or trope or whatever and all it does is change forms over time where it's like okay like yes all of the you know sort of weirdos hang out in here and then there still is a hierarchy even though the judgment is not going to be as harsh as like the you know whatever jock stuff in a kid into a locker or something it's just like mm-hmm. oh well, i'm not gonna i don't i don't understand sushi and the banshees so i'm not gonna like go over to that person or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, did you care about school? Like, were you, you know, getting okay grades and like, do, were, did your parents kind of, you know, leave you alone as long as you, you know, brought yeah. home reasonable grades? I mean, I'll say yes and no. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I feared the wrath of my mom, you know? And so I, uh, I definitely made good grades in school and I cared about making good grades. Like, uh, but at the same time, I like hated being in school, you know, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, cause at the same time, school is just an easy and great way to like socialize, you know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I feel bad for kids that are homeschooled and stuff. And many that I've known are kind of a little weird, you know? And I think it's just because they didn't like school's just preparation for work, I guess in a way, you know, sure. like just being around, a ton of different people. Some of them you're just going to hate. You're just going to meet people that you just do not get along with, but then you meet your best friends too. So I don't know. I, so yes and no, I guess. Huge shout out to my friends over at rockabilia.com. They are an officially licensed merchandise purveyor of the finest variety on the internet. But more importantly, you as the consumer can go to that website and use this promo code, which will get you 10% off your entire order. The promo code is 100 words or less. And let's be honest, they've got some great deals going on right now. I actually uh, hadn't visited this site in a minute, and they have a section for t-shirts under $13. And you basically click on your size, and then boom, there you go. You can scroll to your heart's content and toss a bunch of stuff into your cart and buy it. And what makes it cool about it is that they ship from the Midwest here in the United States, gets to you very quick all independently run and operated business and it's all officially licensed merch so that means the bands get paid everybody wins in this virtuous cycle so again go to rockabilly.com shop to your heart's content use this promo code 100 words or less and buy you know beatles led zeppelin you know, slayer shirts like whatever it is you're into you will be able to find it and that is again what makes Rockabilia so awesome. So thanks for your continued support. Use the promo code 100 words or less, 10% off your entire order. Thank you, Rockabilia. Was there any sort of uh, life path that was uh, unfolding to you in regards to, you know, a career like where you're going to follow in your mom or dad's footsteps or, you know, any of their family members or was it basically like, ah, I don't know, man. God no. No, <laughs> I basically just twisted in the wind until like right now you know i mean right (laughs) i uh um no my mom is a nurse okay and which is cool but doesn't interest me personally Mm -hmm. my dad was a minister which is not interesting to me either so sure i didn't plan on doing either of those things right right I, i i'm guessing the uh religion and faith part of your household i mean that's you know, very typical of a Midwest upbringing. Uh, did that, because of your father's profession, I presume that played a pretty heavy role in the house? 
Yeah, it did, but my dad wasn't like we were disciples of Christ, so that's like uh, one of the more chill denominations, you know. Yeah, and it's Methodist was, adjacent. Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's Presbyterian adjacent, I, I think. Maybe yeah, no, you're right, you're right, right. I guess in the temperament of it, yeah, you're right. It's almost like it's like Catholic zero or something, where we do <laughs> communion, right. communion every every Sunday, and we do like the whole Ash Wednesday and all that stuff, but. There's no like hell really, you know, there's no sure. priest for sure. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just a kind of a, I'm not like a practicing uh, Christian necessarily, but, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it was an okay thing. And my dad wasn't, he wasn't a hard ass by any means. You know, he was, he was a pretty chill, maybe too chill sometimes to be honest with you. Sure. But, yeah. Well that, I mean that I, I'm glad to hear that experience because I, I know, especially when you're talking about once you start to creep further down south, it gets uh, really oppressive uh, to the point where, you know, the the moment that a kid can get out from underneath that, you know, they're like buying every single cannibal corpse record and being like, I'm going to throw this in your face, mom and dad, like I hate you. And so I know plenty of people like that, too. You know what? That's funny yeah. that you bring that up. We just went to Salt Lake City. I've never been there before. I loved uh-huh. it. I had a great time. Yeah. But there's more Satan stuff there than I've ever seen anywhere. And it's clearly just people that have grown up there that are like, I hate Mormons and stuff. And it's like, I'm going to have a vegan restaurant that has pentagrams everywhere. And like, we're going to have this massive, like, haunted yeah. house that's like a permanent structure that says 666 huge on the side. It's like, I don't know. The backlash is strong there. I think it, that's what happens when when you get too strict, you know? But yeah. anyway, that's, I digress. No, no. That, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it, it is so interesting to see that pervade in certain uh, cities based around, obviously, religion as Salt Lake City is. Because, I mean, and I found it so weird, too. It's like I'm, uh, you know, older than you. And I remember when the violent straight edge scene started to pop up and it was in places like Salt Lake City. And it was so weird because it's like, so the religion already demands you don't drink. And then you're straight edge on top of that. And then you're super violent beating people up that do drink. I'm just like, there's so many dichotomies that are like wrapped up in this that I just, (laughs) but to your point, it's that, you know, pent up rebellion that everybody feels like they, you know, have to get out from underneath in order to feel like they are, uh, you know, claiming some control back in their life or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the, uh, with you doing drama and obviously the sort of performance, uh, based stuff that you started to get into, what, were you comfortable, I guess, like getting on stage and doing these, uh, like you said, these poetry recitals and stuff like that. And I'm imagine that you are connecting this to the fact that, you know, you can obviously sing for a band now with some level of comfort. Yeah. I've always, I've always been really interested in performing, like even back in church, doing little plays and doing plays at home for my parents or for neighbors or whatever. Uh, I've always, I mean, it's not like I don't get nervous, you know, mm-hmm. I do get nervous, but it's, I, I do, I do really enjoy performing, getting on stage, that kind of stuff. And yeah, drama. And like, then we, like at the, <laughs> in high school, we do the seniors run the talent show and it's, it's called panic for some reason, but I was on the panic board. Okay. Like, I was on a bunch of sketches and stuff. Like Amazing. That was, that was a great time, you know? 
<laughs> That's uh, uh did you uh have any bands play the uh the talent show? Oh my god. We actually <laughs> Yeah. These <laughs> sophomores they played uh that song, She Fucking Hates Me. You know, oh my puddle of mud. I'll never forget. And they had to like censor it, so it's she hates me. You know, there's like the weird awkward pause. Right. And it's like these tenth graders, these studs, you know. I don't I don't even know who they were. I was like the senior, just like Wow, these are the new kings of high school, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too because you're getting the like most distilled uh, time frame of something like that happening, where it's like sophomores playing a puddle of mud song. You're like, uh, yeah, that place is at 2002 exactly. Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that, especially too, just the idea that you know that they were so excited to be like, oh, dude, oh we got God. the edgy song, like. <laughs> Playing on super nice equipment too, you know, just like these little boys. It's freaking amazing. Of course, like brand new 5150s. It's like, oh my gosh, guys, where'd you get that? It's like, oh yeah, obviously, <laughs> mom and dad, clearly. <laughs> yeah. So, when, I mean, like you said, your, uh, you know, independent music leaning was you kind of just, you know, wandering around uh, your local Hastings and kind of, you know, picking stuff out of the air. When did you start kind of, you know, diving even deeper into, uh, you know, punk hardcore indie rock and stuff like that um that you felt like you started to recognize what you know a scene was so to speak hmm hmm that's a good question i kind of i kind of went the long way around to getting there to understanding scenes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i i bought because nirvana is just so key or it was for me you know like kurt just him shouting out his favorite bands and stuff yeah. It was very key for me being like, oh, okay, I'm going to check out this and this and this, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got uh, that compilation, Screaming Fields of Sonic Love by Sonic Youth. I got that when I was like 13. And on the in the liner notes, there's all these posters of them, like playing, like shows they played and stuff. And it's like, oh, who's Boss Hog? Who's Pussy Gore? Who's right. DeCruzen? You know, like all this like cool stuff. And so that was sort of a, a major like Rosetta stone for me was that screaming feels the sonic love thing. But I, I didn't really understand like Fugazi comes from DC and the descendants come from LA, you know, like all that stuff. I I didn't really like understand that until probably about, I don't know, like did you ever read that book? uh, Our band could be your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's like that was a really uh, eye-opening book for me, and I think Stan in our band too. That was just like a really a big book for me and a couple of my friends, you know, like kind of eye-opening about different like what was happening in uh, the Pacific Northwest, you know, et cetera. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, it took stuff like that to kind of really open my eyes. That, oh, the movie Hype was a big, oh yeah, a big. Uh, eye-opener for me too oh that movie is so important yeah i i do like how you're describing that because the you know whatever when you're like 14 15 16 and like maybe starting to go to you know shows with bands coming through on tour and stuff like that the concept of tour like it, it all of a sudden dawns on you where it's just like oh wait 
like this band doesn't just show up and play this one show like they're on tour and it's just like once you start to understand all of the larger implications of like this is where this band comes from and they toured here to play in front of us here and like wait they've got 30 more shows after this it's like it really starts to like fold your brain in and all of itself like you know mm-hmm. inception or whatever <laughs> yep truly so when, as you started to, you know, bring this left of center music home, how were your parents reacting to you, you know, being into stuff that was like, wow, I, I have no context for any of this. <laughs> you know, my, my parents were, were both pretty, pretty chill about it. I do remember my mom being very mad about the Death Valley 69 video. She was <laughs> like, why would you watch this? What's the point of this? Like, this is bad. Right. And she was also really mad about Chain's Addiction for some reason. Okay. Probably got caught stealing, you know? She she demanded the lyric sheet. She sat and read it and then was furious at me, you know? Uh, And my dad hated the pumpkins. Like, I don't know. Okay. Hated the Smashing Pumpkins with, like, a rage. But he liked, like, I'd I'd play my dad, like, like, once I started getting, like, Bell and Sebastian and stuff like that. My dad would be like, this is good, you know? And my mom okay. really liked it too and stuff. But my mom is pretty cool. Like she liked like like my mom likes Weezer a lot and stuff. Okay. Like so I don't You know. found some commonalities. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's I, I also really like that idea. Like once you start to find your own music and you know clearly you understand that your parents are not going to wrap their heads around it, but then you try to find like a band or two that you can play them to be like, listen like this is cool you'll probably like this and then you know sometimes it works and then sometimes parents just look at you like what the hell is this i have no i have no idea what i I don't like this at all why'd you think that (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but but bell sebastian that's a good one i didn't i i didn't think of that i definitely remember for my own parental showing like there was a that band elliot from louisville kentucky that was like you know emo indie rock stuff Mm -hmm. like super beautiful and i was like oh man my mom is gonna love false cathedrals and i played it for her and she's just kind of like what is this i'm like <laughs> oh damn it i thought this was gonna win you over like the beatles or something but nope yeah. didn't work yeah <laughs> um I know film is obviously a big part of your passion and something that you clearly pull into the band and uh the, the references and not only yourself but i know the whole band has a, a passion for that when did that kind of start um jumping into your head uh i presume it was around the same hastings time where you were uh, just kind of picking random films out um well i mean film is my earliest love i'd yep. say my mom i don't even remember this but she says like annie was my first favorite movie and i watched annie like over and over and over again like i would watch it like three times a day you know or whatever and the wizard of oz was another like huge movie for me so i always movies have always been a big big deal for me and been a part of our house or were a part of our house. You know, like I have really good memories, early memories of my mom explaining to me what back to the future was all about before she took me to see part three, which I'd never seen any of them, you know, okay, like that. So like it was all movies have always just been a big part of uh, my family and growing up and stuff. So the video store, I was already into movies before I even knew what the video store was, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And then I'm sure the, uh, like, you know, making it a, uh, Hollywood video or blockbuster video or going to rent movies, I'm sure was a, a little bit a part of your life as well. Oh yeah. Every Friday. <laughs> Dude. I love how that like, 
it, it seemed like that was like every family's habit for, you know, whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> early nineties until like, you know, the two, the early two thousands where it was like, it has to be Friday. Like can't be a Saturday. Like, mm-hmm. Always has to be a Friday. <laughs> and yeah. And you could rent, uh, uh you could, I was allowed to rent like a, a game and a movie, typically, oh, you know, so game over. Yeah. yeah. There's your weekend, I mean, dude. That's the perks of being an only child, I guess. Maybe, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel, I feel a real, real kinship to you, whether you wanted that or not, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also really enjoy the fact that uh, because very similar to what you're talking about with, uh, you know, what Nirvana did as far as like just put br- breadcrumbs all over the place about what bands and films, it seems like that's a real intentional thing that you and the band and chat pile are doing where you guys are waving the flags for the stuff that you are into either musically uh, or like you said, from a, a film perspective, I, I presume that's important because you just kind of want to keep paying it forward, so to speak. Yeah, there's that. And also I'm just, I'm honestly just starved to talk to people about movies and stuff critically. So sure. like, I'm not like inviting every weirdo to come hit me up in the DMS and stuff, but some people have like, I'm, I'm friends with this guy now who just randomly, I was talking about a Bruno Dumont movie online that called humanity it's one of the most moving movies i've ever seen in my life and i was like i just need to talk to somebody about this and this dude zach just hit me up and now we're buddies you know so i don't know a part of it is me (laughs) looking to talk to people about stuff because i just don't have enough of that in my life you know right uh, yeah i do want to like yeah share the good news for sure and just talk i mean that's one of the only ways i can really communicate is talking about movies and music and stuff, you know, it, it makes it easier for me, I guess. Let's put it that way. Right. Like that's the, that's the jumping off point where you can get to know a person through their tastes and then obviously get to know them on a personal level, even more as they start to talk about why they like the things they like. Indeed. Yeah. And I, I also like, I mean, when you're a kid, you're a little bit more like, Oh, you like this band, you're an idiot or you suck, you know, but I try totally. to be, I try to be super open-minded about everything, you know, like if I can be about like, I mean, there's obviously like if I have issues with a movie or something, I like to be as critical and thoughtful as I can instead of just being like a hater for no reason, I guess. I don't, I, I just can't handle that kind of shit, you know? So. Right. And I mean, that's clearly part of being younger and having no perspective of being like, oh, if you like that thing, then you are like literally an evil person. And it's like, there's <laughs> probably some nuance in there that you're not understanding. Yeah. Some people are not young and still act that way, you know, unfortunately. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes that just never changes and their opinion is immediately calcified and that's just where it stays. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so as you started to uh, you know like graduate high school and obviously progress uh you know throughout your life uh, you i know you had played in you know a a lot of different iterations of uh, musical projects you know whether it was uh, i know you still do your solo stuff under uh, randy rules and i know you played in like a lot of different uh sort of indie rock slash indie rock adjacent stuff Mm -hmm. did did you know that you wanted to like play in a band kind of not right away but like as you started to you know listen to sonic youth and stuff like that or was that just because 
uh, or, or did you want to play in a band because uh, you know you got older and you, then you had the ability to? Um, I started when I started, and this is probably just only child thinking. You know, living okay. in a cocoon by yourself. I was like, I'm just going to be like doing. I'm going to be a one man band type of situation. I was super into Daniel Johnston and Smog. It's like one of my all time favorite artists. You know, mm-hmm. and I just I just wanted to kind of do that kind of thing like four track recording where I play all the instruments, et cetera. But then like when I turned about 20, 21, I actually met some people <laughs> that were like, yeah, I play drums. I, I want to be in a band with you, you know, cause I had already put out some albums and stuff. And so I kind of, I mean, I got this one guy Atlee is his name. He's like a good friend of mine. He's basically the guy who plays drums on everything else I ever did, you know, mm-hmm. for chat pile and stuff. But it's always been, I know this is exactly what you asked, but it's always been my dream to just be a singer in a band because I love like black flag and stuff like that. I'm just like, man, it'd be so fun to just take my shirt off and Hulk out on stage. And so this is kind of a dream come true to be in chat pile. And I'd right. never, never gotten to do this until now. Until right. chat pile. Otherwise before this, I'm always wearing my shirt and I'm playing guitar poorly, you know, but this is right. Different. No, I, I'm glad you're able to realize your dreams. And uh, part of the just singing for a band and, uh, you know, clearly Black Flag inspired, are you looking for the uh, three-inch shorts that Henry Rollins wear, wore in the early 80s as well? Or is it just shirt off? You know, I've, I keep joking about this. I'm joking until it becomes real. I want, like, Umbro-style shorts. Oh, yeah. Shorts. Yep. That uh, instead of the Umbro logo, it's like the Chapa logo and it says Bush underneath it instead of umbra that's my dream i keep telling jonathan from the flinzer that we need to make those but he uh, thinks i'm kidding i think still but <laughs> I, I i mean i i literally think you could make 25 of those and they would not only sell immediately but then your dream would be accomplished as well because i mean dude that is like the the most fun merch item especially if you're just being if you call them like the Rollins short or something like that yeah yeah totally absolutely <laughs> I love that. One of my favorite things on this particular planet is mail. And my favorite place to get mail from is probably evilgreed.net. They are an amazing web store solution provider for record labels and bands alike. They're located in Berlin, Germany. But what does that mean to you? You as the consumer can go to evilgreed.net and use this promo code 100 words. It gets you 10% off your entire order. And what makes Evil Greed so special is the fact that they don't just open up their doors to every band and record label possible. They work with a very specific point of view. I want to call it, you know, artistic heavy stuff or artistic hardcore or artistic metal, whatever it is. You can put that adjective in front of it. But just to give you a sampling of some of the bands that they work with, whether it's Blood Incantation, Emma Ruth Rundle, Deaf Heaven, Gulch, Power Trip, Bell Witch, I could go on. But you get the point. You can kind of see the, uh, the the picture that I'm painting. They just recently launched a store for one of my favorite bands around right now, Spy. So go check out their website, evilgreed.net. And I know you may have heard the fact that they are from Berlin, Germany, and you're like, yo, I live in the U.S. It's going to take forever to get to me. No, that's not the case at all. And plus, shipping rates are very advantageous right now for us living over here in America. So you'll be able to buy a bunch of stuff and you'll be able to get a discount by using that sweet, sweet promo code 100 words. Thank you very much, Evil Greed, for your continued support. 
and go get yourself some rad new merch, vinyl, etc., etc., by using the promo code 100words at evilgreed.net. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER So when you started to, you know, collaborate with people and uh, have a vision larger than just, you know, you're uh, keeping the music to yourself, so to speak, uh, did you, was it, uh, you know, I guess what it was cracked up to be? Like, did you enjoy the collaboration aspect? I presume you do because you're still doing it now, but, um, did, or did, was it a learning process for you to kind of like open that side up? With Chatpile? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I've tried to do music with Stan our bass player. If you stand mm-hmm. is one of my best friends too, by the way. So, yep. but, uh, I've tried to do music with him a few times before. And I just thought it wasn't going to work. Like we just didn't mesh well or whatever, but ultimately kind of the element that had to be taken away is that I had to not play guitar and let somebody else play guitar and just sing and stuff, which I, I have a lot of fun doing that kind of thing too. It is different for me. I have, I have way less control over what happens, but in, at the same time, there's way less pressure on me for for it to be, you know, I, I can just trust those guys to do a good job and like, I don't have to do it all, which is beforehand, like the first 20 years of me playing music, it's all me doing everything, you know, with like maybe my friend playing drums and my other friend playing bass, but 
I'm like, I'm doing the, I'm writing everything. You know what I mean? So this is, it's a lot different to be in Chapo. And I do enjoy it because I do trust Stan Luther Manhole and Captain Ron. I've known, well, not Luther Manhole. I haven't known him for that long. I do trust mm-hmm. him. <laughs> but I was about to say, I've known them for like 20 years. But the, the two brothers, do you know Captain Ron and Stan are brothers, right? Yes, I do yeah. know that. So they've been playing together forever too. And it's just, I don't know. It took, it's not like something where we just met and we got together and it was magic or something. We had to kind of tinker with the formula over 10 plus years right. to get it right, you know, but yeah. And, and I, I think to that point too, it leads to the, you know, super weirdo sound you guys have where it's like, you know, yes, of course it's easy to identify where it's like, yep, yeah, it's, you know, rock adjacent mixed with, you know, noise or whatever. But I think through the lens that you're talking about of just that constant tinkering, it's like, oh yeah, there's a little bit of, you know, God flesh and Jesus lizard. But then it's just like, you wouldn't have been able to do that if you, you know, started the band with the intention of being like, all right, we want to sound like Jesus meets God flesh. It's like, it would have probably sounded completely different than what it actually is now, which, you know, is this weird amalgamation of all these random things that you guys are into. Mm-hmm. And we would have tied ourselves down to doing something like that too. Whereas it just kind of happens to sound like God flesh or Jesus lizard, which are two bands that I don't listen to at all, by the way, people, right. say, people compare us to those bands all the time. I mean, totally. Stan loves those bands, but like, I don't, I've never listened to Godflesh ever. Right. Like maybe heard, heard it at his house, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You don't seek it out. Right. Totally. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Wait. we're all free to bring our own thing. We're all very cool to each other. I mean, we all just want it to be good. That's like, we all basically have a barometer for taste, I guess. And if it sounds bad, we'll say something, but if yeah. it sounds good, we let it, let it be. And that's, that's sort of the key to us getting anything done and being happy with it you know right like yeah and actually like putting it out and feeling not you know super embarrassed about it yeah yeah uh i have to ask just out of curiosity with the uh you know the monikers you guys have uh chosen that is out uh like why (laughs) i know it's a simple question but uh how come you're leaning into that so hard well i'm a big fan of dead kennedys okay uh you know bands like that and i was just like you know I'm I'm 38. I guess when we started the band, I was like 35, 36. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is it, fellas. We're not going to do this again. Let's like do it big. Let's have crazy band names. Dead Boys is another band. I was just like, I was like, I know there's another Cheetah Chrome is all time stage name in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I I just was like, let's just do stage names, you know. And like, I wanted to do, you know, what's the scariest thing ever? Reagan Bush, 84, you know? Right. So, <laughs> okay, Reagan cool. Bush, you know, and like Stan is just real, like, I don't know. It just sounds real, like, real dark country to me, you know? And like Luther Manhole's from a, a Longmont Potion Castle. Oh, yeah. There we got that right. Yeah. Yep. And Captain Ron is just something I've been calling. I guess to be fair, I kind of nicknamed both Stan and Captain Ron those names, but they they're using those names like they chose those names, you know, right? Or or to be, or the names chose them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I hope we call him Big Stan. He took the big off for the band. That's his. okay. <laughs> That's his contribution. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Captain Ron, clearly a classic film from the early 90s as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and Captain Ron is a major Kurt Russell fan, too. So Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you Something I really am, uh, I don't know if I would say inspired, but I really am stoked that you guys do just in, you know, blowing up your, your hometown as far as like really being supportive, obviously, the local venues, the, you know, bands and clearly that is part of your dna just because you've you know existed in oklahoma city for uh, a while and played with a lot of different people i'm guessing that was um very kind of uh, maybe not happenstance but very intentional maybe once a chat pile started where it was like oh yeah like you know of course we're gonna play our hometown and then of course anytime we can uh you know bring that back after you know some shows we play out of town like we're going to do that Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think being from OKC is one of the most interesting things about us, honestly. Sure. You know, we all were kind of like uh, cognizant of that. We were just like, you know, we got to lean into where we're from. Because like, you know, there's another famous band from Oklahoma City that doesn't really lean in to where they're from. I mean, he might disagree with me, but I think they kind of try to be more like, psychedelic space warrior type people you know i'm talking about the lips of course of course yes (laughs) the 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 i guess one of the few bands that uh you know people are able to identify where they're from just based on a a wikipedia entry because it's not like they would be they would be able to decipher that from you know the way they sound or anything no and i mean to wayne's credit he does live in i used to be his neighbor actually uh, he Amazing. does live in Oklahoma City. Uh, I don't really have too much more to say about that band because I don't really care for them. But uh, all good. Yeah we we like to we like to just be, you know, lean into OKC. We like to give back if we can. We like to lift up bands we like. There's you know like any town like that's not. I, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Actually, I have no idea what it's like in New York or LA or Chicago or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like in in small ponds, kind of, I'll refer to OKC as a small pond. Yeah. Sometimes you get you get guys in there that like to keep the gate a little too much, you know. Yep. Sure. And uh, we don't want to be that way, you know. I want. Yeah. I want to. I want to have it be more than just like like hardcore punk only, or you know, like it's all kind of segregated and stuff. It's like let's all just kind of. Like, there's not enough shit here. Right. <laughs> Let's consolidate the good stuff. Totally. Yeah, so that's how I feel, personally. Yeah. Now, and that's uh, also just as a, you know, random aside slash observation, it feels that way for, I mean, it's like, you know, you guys have the Oklahoma City Thunder. And as a basketball team, it's like, that definitely is that sort of like, huh, like, I should they even have a basketball team? But it's just like the people that ride hard for Oklahoma City, uh, you know, as a scene. And then as a, you know, sports fan, it's like, you're like, yes, of course, of course, we need a basketball team because, you know, we'll bring those 15,000 people a night that are, you know, true Oklahoma City fans and, you know, doing the thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I understand what you're saying. It is really astounding to me that we have a basketball team and not a football team. I think it's just OU and OSU. Uh, wouldn't allow it because they make too much money, you know. Like <laughs> college, college football has like just too much of a stranglehold on 
on Oklahoma, but like, no, but we don't have a, we have a triple a, uh, minor league baseball team, the OKC Dodgers. Okay. Uh, which, you know, I mean, Mickey Mantle's for, it's Mickey Mantle stadium. There's a statue of him out there. So we have like history and stuff. Sure. I'm really surprised that basketball is what we had, but I'll tell you, it's because the, when Katrina happened, the Hornets yep. came and everybody just got, everybody's wanted a major league team in Oklahoma city forever. And they just, People got basketball fever, and that's 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 why we have the whole, uh, the thunder. But yeah, no, true. And I mean, you stole it from Seattle, so it's cool. You did, you did. <laughs> which is kind of funny. I guess. It, it it is where it's just yeah, no one can uh, live that down. Where it's just like you know the the people are like, oh, Kevin Durant started in Seattle. It's just like, yep, but he's known as Oklahoma City guy. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, is he though? He's more of a Warriors guy. At this he, point, right? he at, at this point now. Well, he now he's probably betrayed us. Everybody was very mad about that. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Everybody was very forgiving of Russ, but yes, they hated Durantula. Everyone was very mad at that guy. Oh, of course, you know. But yeah, he's he's soft and he left to chase a championship. So of course, it's easy to <laughs> to make fun of that decision for sure. Um. With uh, with Chatpile, you guys have been very, very deliberate in the way that you, um, you know, play shows, not only because you, you know, put out a record during the pandemic, so it's not like you could really, you know, get in the road and, uh, you know, tour profusely, mm-hmm. but it, it seems like that is a very deliberate choice of yours where it's like, yeah, we're not going to be playing, you know, 200 shows out of the year. Whatever we do is going to, you know, be either on our own terms or, you know, something that we obviously are comfortable with. Um, is that a function of that's how you want the band to operate? Or is that just a function of like, yeah, everyone else has, you know, a million things going on. So we can't dedicate that much time to touring. Well, it is that it is that people have a lot of stuff going on, but to be honest with you, we're all just like a little bit older, you know, and to be, to be having any success at all, like this later, this late is a little bit, like I'd never toured. I never played outside of Oklahoma city or the Metro, I guess I played in Norman, but like until Chapile, you know, and I've been playing music sure. for like since I was like 15 or whatever. But, uh, so it's just, I think it's a little bit, uh, we had to take our time easing into the pool a little bit, you know, I'm not that we're ever going to play 200 shows a year, but I think we may be touring a little bit more than we have in the past. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I I like that idea. It's like, you're, you know, you're slowly, you know, getting into the hot tub. You're obviously not (laughs) jumping right in and burning yourself. You're, you're kind of being like, all right, got our, got our feet in. Let's maybe take a step down. Financially viable. Could we do this? Like, yeah. So, right. So we're, we're going to try, we're going to try to tour a little bit and to do the dang thing. Cause why not? You know, you only live once. I can, we can all go back to work. So, Right. Yeah. And, and on that same point, the once you, you know, I mean, arguably the past year and a half, as far as like your band's attention, um, you know, has whatever quadrupled and people that I'm sure you were just like, why, why are you giving our band such a glowing review? And like, it, I do notice that it, it is it seems not only very appreciated that people are paying attention to you, but you're also just like, this is so cool. And the, the appreciation comes through. Um was that, uh, I, I guess, overwhelming for you in some capacity? Was it, um, you know, not easy for you to just be like, oh, yeah, I know we're pretty good. <laughs> like, But 
how, how, how did that start to, you know, I guess manifest itself for you guys as you started to navigate like people paying attention to the music you were creating? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of talks about how the first thing that's important to our band and everything is that, like I said, me and Stan and Aaron and Captain Ron, we, and we've been friends for like 20 years. So it's, it's really important to me and uh, all the guys that we just are friends still, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't want to like, we don't want to jeopardize that. We want this. We started to do this because it's fun. I mean, we, we all love music. I'm going to be an artist no matter what, you know, I kind of expected to never ever do anything, but just to make art privately, you know, or not private. I'll put it out there, but like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To Just because I want to do it because I like to do it, you know, but like, yeah, it has been, it is really overwhelming to read like a positive review and pitchfork, you know, somehow I've been reading since I was, 16 i'm not gonna lie to you i like i cried when i read that i think i maybe sure. told jeremy that too but yeah i did i did it was just like i just didn't know what to do I, I still don't know what to do thinking about that kind of stuff and yeah of course we all have imposter syndrome incredibly so sometimes you know but mm-hmm. i don't know i like to have fun i'm very thankful that people are enjoying our music and stuff i'm glad that it comes through that we appreciate what's happening right now because I yeah. truly did not expect it. I don't expect it to last either. I'm very grateful with, for what's happening right now. So. Right. Right. Cool. And yeah, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, I, I do think that is, that is an element that not only keeps people engaged with uh, the different things that you are doing from, you know, the fact that you're like, Oh yeah, we're going to put out a, you know, two song thing that we scored with this movie. Like you, people will follow along because even though it may sonically be completely different, people are still, you know, in- engaged with the art that you are creating kind of overall, because it's just like, yeah, we're putting it out there and we're just, you know, doing the damn thing for as long as we can. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's at least from my perspective, it feels like that's why people are attaching themselves to you because of that sort of earnest nature that you guys are creating art. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, there, I know there's no question wrapped up in there, but uh, that was that, that was me just you know trying to fluff you up. So there you go, Reagan. Oh, appreciate it. <laughs> uh, two last things I wanted to hit on was the sure. uh, like you mentioned, where it's like you know you guys have a lot of things going on. What do you personally uh, you know I guess do outside of the band as far as like you know keeping keep, keeping things afloat in real life? And you know I know you you love dogs, you got a significant other, that sort of stuff. So um, you know what do you do outside the band? Um, well, I am currently only doing the band. I did used to, uh, I used to be the programmer of this local independent theater and I love doing that. I, I love showing movies, exhibiting movies, talking about movies. So me and, uh, my friend, a guy who used to work at that same theater, um, we have been doing like screenings at we do one at a bar and we do one at this local space to like monthly and stuff like that. So I really like to do stuff like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I have a, a, I have a dog. I have a girlfriend too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have a dog who keeps me busy. I love, I love my dog more than anything in the whole world. And I have three cats too, who are also very good boys. So. Love <laughs> that. That's not uh, three cats. Uh, that's, that, that's a lot. Usually people, I mean, 
I think once you go over two, then you start to, you know, get in a little bit of a, a hoarding territory. So yeah, should, I, no. should I call animal control on you? Is that okay? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it, well, it's a kind of a Brady Bunch situation where I brought a dog and a cat and she brought two cats. So that's why we've got three cats right now. But. That there you go. That makes sense. It's that the households merging is uh you know what uh, <laughs> what yeah. increases the numbers there. Um, the uh the idea that uh you also uh, it seems like you're not only following you know whatever your artistic impulses are in regards to chat pile, but then you know you clearly are still putting out music uh you know like i mentioned earlier with under your randy rules which by the way is uh one of the most appropriate names for a solo project i've ever heard especially with the <laughs> z on the end um you. you're welcome uh it, it sounds to me that you're basically just like i i want to do as many things artistically as possible or do you want to try to um not contain them within it's like okay if this isn't chat pile this is gonna be randy rules um or if this doesn't fit in either of those then i'm gonna start a whole other thing um or are you just kind of you know following your muse so to speak uh you know i like to follow my heart i guess i'll follow my muse for sure but like i mean i have I always have a billion different plans. Like, I mean, I, I want to do a Reagan Bush solo album. I want to do more Randy rules stuff. Like I have under Randy rules is way less rules. Ironically, uh, <laughs> sure. Chat pile. So I have like a, I have like kind of a found sound noise album under that name. I want to do more stuff like that too. Me and uh, captain Ron and the boys, all the boys, We've been talking about, I mean, I, I brought Sonic Youth up only about a billion times in this podcast, sure. but uh, Sonic Youth Records is very, very uh, influential to me, very interesting. I love love the idea of them putting out these very experimental kind of noisy noise albums like, okay. concurrently with stuff. So I kind of want to maybe get into something like that, do like Chatpile with like, you know, a slightly different name, a tape only release, some noise or something. I don't know. I, I'm... I'm always thinking about stuff like that. I do want to do, I want to do it all. I may do nothing else. Who knows? But right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm always, I'm always got way too many ideas, you know, and maybe one, one thing will get done, but hopefully, you know, maybe a, a couple, but right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like for, for the hundred ideas you have in your head, like, you know, three, three of them can come to life and you'll be happy. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can say that, uh, barring disaster, there's going to be at least another chat file album, like one more. So, <laughs> you know. yeah, you're like, yeah. I, I got one thing on the roadmap. That's what we got going on. <laughs> but yeah, I'm working on some stuff. It's just kind of like a matter of getting it, having time to really sit down and dig into my work and stuff, which I have not had a lot of time recently, but mm-hmm. maybe in the future I will. Who knows? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the fact that you'll be able to, uh, you know, visit other cities and pursue touring in a more, um, you know, concentrated manner, I'm sure that's going to give you different weirdo ideas and inspiration that uh, might not have happened, you know, in your local city. Yeah, very true. Very yeah. true. It's fun to get out and see different places for sure. We yeah. love to do like a movie, go to movie locations and stuff, or I do. I, I try to usually with their manholes down. Uh, to go along, like in weird Salt Lake City, you know, they film Halloween four, five, and six there. So, yep, we had a great afternoon going by all those locations and stuff. So, yeah, you're right Dude. on about that. Oh, that's it. I, I love those outings that 
it's sometimes it's like you know maybe one or two of the band members are just like dude do we really have to do this like stupid thing where it's like do we have to see plymouth rock and it's like yeah you gotta see plymouth rock and you go there and you're just like it's not that impressive or like yeah you drag them to like hey this is the six feet under house or whatever it's like yeah these are these are important landmarks guys come on that shit rocks am i well yeah i mean one time i was like begging everybody to go to dealey plaza it's like no like (laughs) Luther Manhole went because he's a real champion. We smoked weed in my car right outside of Dealey Plaza. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then we went to the Robocop building and shit, which is right down the street. Oh, dude. Beautiful. Yeah. Especially when you can tick off certain things where it's like, yeah, I definitely remember uh, when I was actively touring with my band. I, uh, you know, we were just outside of Pittsburgh and I'm like, yo, guys, we got to go to Mar- Monroeville. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to see the original Dawn of the Dead mall mm-hmm. and everyone's mm-hmm. like what the hell are I'm like dude just trust me it's only going to take half an hour but then yeah it's like I was walking around the mall like a you know a, a pig in slop and everybody else was like this is a mall I'm like but it's more than that <laughs> but but yeah it's like I'm with you I'm with you 100% <laughs> but I just I I love your your specific call outs of of those where it's like when you have one other person like you would have done it regardless but when you have one other person experiencing mm-hmm. it you're just like oh man this hit so much sweeter <laughs> Absolutely. No, it is. It's it's really good when somebody else goes for sure. But I'm happy to do it by myself too. Sure. Well, then, I mean, you must have your brain must have like folded in on itself when you play the uh, Overlook, right? Like that. Yeah. yeah, With Linguada. Yeah. Yeah, that was very very cool. We did the. um, They've got some tours there. If you ever go there, get to go there. I would do the. It's the the King Caretaker tour. Okay. We did a few of them. That was the best one by far where they describe King's night at the Stanley and stuff like that. Cause you know, he famously spent one night there and that's, and then he smoked a cigarette out outside and that's like in that time of smoking that one cigarette, the, all of the shining came to him, you know, basically. Right. And so I don't know. It's very, very, very fun. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's cool. That's really cool. We did twin peak stuff. I mean, we did, Ooh. We did. We were outside of the the venue from Brain Smasher, a love story starring Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> Dude, I love. Hey, man. These are some yeah. deep cuts. I yeah. love to hear that. Jason yeah. takes Manhattan and Vancouver. We did it all. We did a lot of things. So, yeah. oh, that's. Pre- I I would I would love to see your uh, your Apple Notes app of like, all right, here's all the addresses. This is what we got in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, it's chaos. Believe me, it's chaos. Yeah. <laughs> that's spectacular well uh reagan i very much appreciate you hanging out and thanks for uh walking me all through the uh the, the random things that i asked you so i very well, much appreciate yeah. it thank you for having me on i hope i was good this is gonna be a good episode <laughs> reagan bush what a great discussion and please if you have not listened to chat pile you absolutely have to do yourself a favor and listen to the track Why. I know that that, when I play it for people who aren't even really into this sort of style of noise, rock, metal, whatever you want to call it, listen to it and they're just like, wow, this is really good. It's very passionate. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. So thank you very much, Reagan Bush, for coming on the show. Big shout out to Stephanie, his publicist, for making it happen. I always got to give a shout out to the people working behind the scenes to make this podcast what it is, because without your support as a listener and the music industry support, this thing would kind of just go away. So I'm very glad that that doesn't happen. (laughs) Anyways, next week, I have another live discussion at 
LDB Fest that I did back in uh, March of this year in Louisville, Kentucky. And I've got two bangers from Bay Area bands that are just absolutely killing it and popping off right now. I have Joseph from Tsunami and I have Spy, some members of Spy coming on. So it's a it's a split seven inch, as it were, of an episode. Both of those discussions coming from next week from, you know, RBS, Real Bay Shit. That's what they call it. So live at LDB Fest. Can't wait to bring that to you. And so, uh, yeah, subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends, okay? Until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.